Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. These are two precious friends. They, by the way, this Katie Bailey, and then Frank. Frank Hobbs lives. Uh, he lives a little ways away, but we ask him to come over to Katie's house tonight to be on with us. Uh, these are part of the World Prayer Network family there in Maui. We've had them on before, so they're not strangers to us. Uh, Katie, by the way, is a surfer too. And is he, well, she has been, uh, maybe still be a surfer, I'm not sure. I, I want to I give, give you get a report uh, from your perspective. You're right there, but you didn't live in Lahaina, but you were very, very close. And it's a small island, so everybody kind of knows everybody else. Uh, give me a report, Katie, from your perspective and the people you talk to who uh, who have gone through this this travesty? Yes, um, thank you for hosting us tonight. We're grateful for uh, this platform and for all the work that you folks do and taking up the needs uh, and praying for people around the world. And thank you for thinking of Maui and the people here because we are definitely in the most devastating time, I believe, in our history. Um, I am an associate pastor at Innes House of Restoration, and I have lived on Maui for 30 years. I lived in Lahaina for 10 years, and I just uh, became a registered chaplain about a year ago. So um, we, we've been very busy um, at our church at Innes House of Restoration trying to help the needs of the people. And uh, just as I heard at King's Cathedral, they became a, a shelter overnight. Well, we did too. We just have been working around the clock. We put cots up, we had hot meals, uh, we had toiletries that we work with the Maui Food Bank. So they were bringing uh, donations. We have so many people from around the United States that are sending boxes and packages. We got a contact with a barge coming to us from Home Depot. And um, so we have amazing support. The community has just, I am so impressed by the community of Maui and how the people have come together, working around the clock. People are going over in boats, any which way to get supplies to Lahaina, to the people. So um, just, just to give a Please, little- Can I break um, in right now? Do you also have a website? The people, I'm just excited to hear what your church, what's the name of your church again? Uh, my church is in his house of restoration. We are a Hawaiian congregation and uh, we're there in Kahului. And then um, I also have the Hawaii Israel alignment, which uh, we too are uh, going to be taking donations as well with as my church too. She is a great leader. The Israel Hawaii Alliance and my wife and I've had the privilege of being there and speaking for their conference. I, I I tell you, I came away very impressed. And Yehuda Glick was with it. Yes, Yehuda Glick from Israel. Uh, this is a fabulous organization, and Kathy is a is a phenomenal leader. Came away with huge respect for this woman. Would you tell me how people can make donations to your organization? Yes, uh, to, to my organization, it's hawaiiisraelalignment.com, and there is a, do, a donate uh, section button on the website, and also um, we will make sure that every bit of money goes to the needs of the people, and then there's also my church, in his house of restoration.org, 
and we are taking donations and please specify that they are for the victims, for the people. And they're not to go to any government agency, but just to the people. That's what we want to do. So if they would specify that on their donation. Once again, give the Hawaii, the Hawaii uh, Israel one again. I did not get that written down. And say it a little slower so people can write it down. Okay. HawaiiIsraelAlignment.com. That's my website. And uh, there's donate buttons on there. And uh, just specify it's for the fired victims. Well, very good. Thank you for giving them. So appreciative of knowing that. Uh, continue right on with what your experience, because you've, you've been uh, firsthand with a lot of people who've been through this and interviewed them. Give us give us a feel, a sensing for some of the stuff that, that happened, what's going on. Yeah, I, I first want to say, too, I, I live in North Kihei, and uh, the alarms did go off on our, our for to evacuate. So my uh, my neighborhood was vac evacuated twice, and it was about ten thirty at night. I, I was just studying about the baptism of Jesus, and on my computer, and my alarm went off, and I ran outside, and I looked into the sky. It was ten thirty at night, and it was completely red. There were flames uh, surrounding my neighborhood right behind us. And so I kind of went into the panic mode. I got calls from friends, come over to my house. Are you safe? And so I just threw whatever in the car and I drove to my friend's house. And there were other friends there that live in the area. And uh, we all uh, stayed there all night. We stayed up and we just tuned in to the mainland news. We really didn't have that much news going on in Hawaii. So we got most of our news from the mainland, but we stayed up all night. And then the next day I came back, um, it was pretty much contained, but then it, the fire came up again and we got evacuated again. So praise the Lord, um, nothing happened in my, in my neighborhood. Not one house was burned, the fire was contained. Everybody is safe. And so our concern and our priority, our priority focus now is for Lahaina, the Lahaina people. So um, as I said, um, because I am an associate pastor and, and a registered chaplain, I was able to go into the shelters and to pray for the people. So I made a point of doing that. And I went in uh, to several shelters and I spent a lot of my time at the War Memorial Shelter. And I focused a lot on the Mexican people. I do speak um, Spanish. I was a missionary for 16 years in Mexico. And um, so I have a heart for the Mexican people. So I, I pretty much focused on them. And uh, I heard their stories firsthand. Um, their loss, family members died, and um, just just very sad, uh, all their needs that they have. And, and the shelter was just filled from wall to wall, filled with cots. They had, some of them had their pets, and um, they were taking very good care of them, giving them warm meals, coming around, offering drinks, food, just, just servicing them. People were over there uh, doing free massage for the people, free haircuts, the community. I, I was so proud of our community on Maui, how they came through and, and were giving of their services to the people. So a lot of the shelters did get overloaded. And so a lot of them uh, started coming to our, uh, to our church too, but we're, we're not a big church and uh, we were really not set up for, uh, uh, taking people in, but we made beds all over on our floors. 
but we are a distribution center. So our church was taking like seven truckloads a day. We stayed, we had volunteers from all the members and we packaged up clothes, food, water, toiletries, uh, toothpaste, diapers, anything you can imagine. We packaged them up and organized them. And then our trucks went out first thing in the morning. So we were, we were very busy uh, doing that. So I had a lot of time to get to talk to the people. And I think one of the concerns uh, on the people is how did this happen? There's a lot of questions and a lot of concerns. And um, I even have questions and I have concerns and people want answers. So um, uh, we get a lot of social media. And of course I have to filter through a lot of it. But um, one of the things that I was bothered by was that um, there were no sirens, not any siren in Lahaina. The, there were no warnings. The, uh, one of the fellows that I met said, if, if someone uh, hadn't knocked on my door, I would have been burnt. Another person told me if I didn't see the smoke and smell the smoke and go outside my door, I would have never made it out. And that, that person was, uh, he was visiting Maui, he, well, actually he moved there, he was only there eight days, he's from Romania, and he had some buddies and they all had jobs in the restaurants and he had a house that he had just got. So he didn't know his way around. And he says when he went out of his house, there was smoke and his roof was literally on fire. And then all of a sudden, all of Lahaina was on fire and he didn't know where he was going. He, he, there was so much smoke. He saw elderly people laying on the grass, uh, having a hard time to breathe. He wanted to help, but he was lost. He didn't even know how to get out. So there, there's so many stories, but people are asking why. Why didn't the sirens work? So I did a little research and I, and I did get um, some answers uh, about the sirens. And uh, according to the MEMA, which is the Maui Emergency Management Agency website, um, and besides that, Maui has the largest integrated public safety outdoor siren warning in the world. That's, that's pretty amazing. And why didn't they go off? So um, they, they do monthly tests. Everybody all over the island can hear them. I hear them here in, in my town in Kihei. They, they go off every month and they're loud and clear. But they're, for some reason, they didn't go off. Well, we found, come to find out, the director of the Maui Emergency Management Agency, his name was Herman Andea. Um, he was interviewed on various uh, Hawaii medias and news. And uh, he, this is a quote from him directly. He says, the sirens were not an option because there are many used, uh, because they are mainly used for tsunami warnings. There was, they're not, they were not a viable tool. I have no regrets. And so this was very disheartening to hear that when we have one of the best systems in the world. And so uh, since then, uh, he has resigned. And, um, and I don't like to pit, uh, point fingers at anybody, but we did find that out about the sirens. And also the schools were closed. Um, so all the sirens, uh, I, think, I, I think it's accurate in the print, it actually says, the sirens are to be used for more than tsunamis, for wildfires as well, correct? Yes, yes. I, I, I'm um, glad you brought that up because I actually looked it up myself. And it says on the uh, Maui Emergency Management Agency, it states that siren 
what the siren is used for. And it says, the all hazard siren system can be used for a variety of both natural and human caused events, including tsunamis, hurricanes, dam breaches, flooding, wildfires, volcanic eruptions, terrorist threats, hazardous material incidents, and more. So this, this is on their website. It yeah. is used for fire, and for some reason, um, I don't know why uh, this man did not turn them on. So are you, you started to say about the schools, that presumably means that they're, all the children were at home? Yes, the schools were closed that day. Now, uh, from the morning, so I don't know um, why they were closed, or I, I really don't know, but a lot of children died in the fire. And uh, the schools were closed that day uh, from the morning. So um, I, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of people have questions and we want answers. And um, we, that, I think that's what will bring hope to the people more is that they can get some answers resolved, questions resolved. <clears throat> yeah, the power, and then we heard reports, uh, just folks, just you'll know, we're, uh, we're going to stay clear of, there's quite a few conspiracy theories. Tragically, over the last three years, what we've learned is most conspiracy theories turn out to be accurate. But uh, we try to be very, very cautious and very careful. So we're not going to wander down the pathway of, of some of the statements that are being made. We just don't have any way to know if they're true or not. So what we're dealing with here right now are just some of the actual known facts that is public knowledge. Uh, on this in this tragic situation, so uh, talk to us about the water, the power lines being kept on, which in uh, hindsight was a terrible decision. And then no, there's reports of no water. Is that accurate? The water being well, I do know for sure about the power lines, and there's a lot of videos you can see there. They were energized. You can see the sparks coming out of them. And so um, the power lines were left on. People are asking once again, why? And um, I did read a little bit and it says that, um, well, the Maui Electric is getting a lot of fingers pointed to them because of this. And um, there, uh, there's a lot of lawsuits, um, major lawsuits against them right now. And I, I believe that they've lost 47% of their stock over this issue. And so people are asking, why did they not turn it down? They want an answer. And so- um, Let me get you back in the camera view if we can just a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I saw it even, I think, I'm not sure if that video is even put out by the New York Times, which is hardly my source of news, but showing the timeline of the progression and actually showing the wires sparking uh, so that's unfortunate. We experienced that here in California in the what the Paradise Fires. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, pretty tragic. And, and and so continue on, Katie. Um, yeah. So I just read that. I guess that the reason that all these suits are that it says it here. I quoted it. It says they failed to shut off ahead of Maui's wildfires. Shutoffs are usually in, initiated by utility companies based on weather conditions. Uh, Hawaii, Maui, Hawaii Electric did not publish a safety power to shut off. So um, that I don't, we don't know why. And like I said, 
people want answers. Um, and why was the water shut off and people took their hoses to put out the flames? They got some water and then just a trickle. And they- Yeah, um, I, I'm not, I don't really know why and I, I don't have any information, but I did hear personal testimony. Like when I went to the uh, shelters and other people I talked to, that their water was off during the day and and then the fire engines did not have enough water for the fires. So uh, that's another question. So there's a lot of concerns in the people. The people are angry, they're hurt. They go, why, why did not the leadership step in and be prepared for such a devastating event to happen on our island and the loss of so many lives? So um, I know a lot of in, uh, people are looking, you know, at our government, asking him questions. Uh, uh, Josh Green is our governor, and they're asking him questions why all this happened. And uh, I know at one point he had a no comment, and then he has, you know, said we're doing everything we can to help. But um, on our TV, Hawaii uh, TV News, uh, K-H-O-N Channel 2 News, uh, a month before the fires, um, our governor, Josh Green, was at the United Nations uh, talking about Hawaii. And uh, he was the keynote speaker, and it was for the uh, UN Economical Social Council. And he, uh, quote, this is what he says, we try to lead the way on energy and climate. And, uh, and so he was there talking how Hawaii the accomplishments they've done and how they want to lead the way for all the for America, lead the way as an example. And um, so I just did a little searching myself, but I found out that in August 20th of 2018, 2018, you can go to the website of the World Economic Forum and um, Hawaii, it's in the title is how Hawaii plans to be the first U.S. state to entire uh, to uh, entirely on clean energy. It's titled that. And it talks about Hawaii being the first state. And this was in, in 2018. So people are questioning this. Uh, we don't have answers. And um, they, want an they want answers. They want to know why uh, he's making these kind of plans and the people aren't even included in making plans for for the island, um, I I don't. If you have a question, you know, I'll take it. I did want to say too, there was a group of Hawaiians who met uh, in Oluwalu, and um, they're they're sharing their hearts and they're talking to the governor, and they put a statement out to him, a whole video to him, that whatever plans you have for our future, we want to be included. Do not make plans without the people of without the voice of the people. So uh, the, the what she's referring to, so you all know, is the and you're going to hear and read a lot about these. And I don't know what to make all this about plans to make Lahaina a smart city or what is sometimes called a 15 minute city. If you want to uh, Google that, you can see a 15 minute city, the plans that the elites have uh, in terms of redoing uh, America's cities or the cities of the world, for that matter. We got to pray for the governor. He, he, he made a in moments like this, we can all make a blunderous error. I felt like I watched uh, his interview and I thought he made a blunderous error when he said, well, we can come in as a government and we can buy some of this land 
uh, and, and we can turn it into empty space, open space, he called it. That's a technical word, open space. I'm very familiar with that radical environmentalism here in California. Uh, I could tell you stories about that, but we're going to make it open space in honor of those who are lost. Well, that's the last thing you, you want to hear if you, your home's just burned down and your family members are missing. What you want to hear is a governor say, we're going to do everything we can to try to find the remains of your loved one and handle that in an honorable way. And then secondly, you, you have no place to live. We're going to get no interest loans or low interest loans, emergency loans from the gover government, and we're going to help you rebuild as quickly as possible and help mm -hmm. shield you from charlatans who would come in and take advantage of you in this moment and protect you and protect your property so you get reestablished. That's what should have been said. And what he said, maybe it was a mistake. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to judge the man's motive. Father, I just lift up Josh Green, Governor Green. Uh, yes. To you and ask you to touch his heart and give him wisdom how to honor Romans 13, which yeah. is the purpose of government is to protect the citizenry. Lord, may there be no nefarious plans. Thank you. To take advantage of people in this moment, to take their land, take their property, or redesign their city different than what they want it to be. It's their home. And Lord, we supernatural protection over the residents of this city from any intruders that would come in and do harm in any particular way. And even if, if the harm is coming from the government, Lord, protect them from it. And may the government come in with compassion and capability and unusual efficiency to help get these people back upon their feet again. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, Frank, uh, I want to turn to you if I can and just have you, I don't know if you just want to lead in prayer for your, your, yeah. your you love that island, you love that city, and Frank, you've, been, you've lived there a long time. Frank, Frank and, and, and they were people that I, Rosemary's known them way longer than I have, so I met them through Rosemary, but I fell in love with these two as soon as I met them, and I always kid Frank about, I, I, I before I, I, was, I was courting Rosemary, I was going everywhere, checking out all the friends. So I checked out even you because I saw all the friends that were listed on there. And I remember the name of Frank Hobbs on there. And <laughs> you've been a special friend, you and Kathy, for a long time with Rosemary and now special to me as well. So yes. Frank, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what's on your heart and then maybe just lead in prayer for your island. Yes, yes. The uh, Hawaiian Islands are tourist-based economy, very much so. The day after the fire, 14,000 visitors left. The next day, 14,000 more left. There's about 9,000 rental cars sitting bumper to bumper out by the airport. They're not gonna be rented out for a long time. Mm -hmm. The economic effects on the islands, not just Maui, but the long-term effects are going to be very difficult, very difficult to deal with. We've got so many good-hearted, big-hearted people donating and pitching in and spreading the aloha. But one of the things that the people of Lahaina and the surrounding areas that were burnt to the ground really need is hope and encouragement not to leave, not to sell, but to hang in there and to uh, rebuild. 
and to allow God uh, by his grace to make somehow beauty from ashes. We pray especially that the vulnerable will not be taken advantage of, that God, that you would protect the land and the people from evil, evil hands with evil plans. We know that the enemy doesn't like to see a crisis go to waste. But Lord, we pray your protective covering and that you would push back the enemy in Jesus' name, that we would become and stick to the plan that our, our nation, our country, our state, our city is one, one in Jesus, one nation under God, indivisible. We know the enemy likes to divide us by gender and, and race and every other conceivable uh, tool or agenda that he has. But we pray that you would frustrate it, Lord Jesus. Frustrate the enemy. Push back against the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for what Lahaina stands for, what it has always stood for. And we ask you to be glorified in the rebuilding. In Jesus' name, thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done, nothing less. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Frank. We're going to go into a moment of worship here. Uh, when he prayed for the over the land, <clears throat> I'm not going to take time to talk about this now, except to say God cares about the land. He views the land in a loving way. I've made the case to real estate agents even how much the importance of what they do, the land, even land ownership, property ownership. Is something to be cherished biblically, scripturally. It's actually exalted in, in scripture. And the attachment to the land is God is something God gives us. We were made out of dust. We returned to dust. We there's an attachment to the land that is special and spiritual. Our bodies, that is, return to dust, not our spirits. But there's something very spiritual in the connection of the land. Amen. Uh, and so when he prays protection over that land. Uh, yes. That brings that brings a smile to the face of the Father as, as well. Yes. Well, we're going to go uh, into worship. Um, Katine and Frank, any other thought before we go into worship? Kingsley, get ready, Lisa, in worship. And then after that, Suzanne Trites from Canada, will you lead in prayer? Then we're going to go to the middle of America, Betty Lou Harris in Oklahoma. And then back to uh, Kingsley for another worship song before we close out. But anything else? Frank, you want to share our Katie before we go to worship? Just thankful for World Prayer Network. I've learned some things today that I had no idea about how good there's good things going on all over and the wonderful people of God stepping up. So I didn't hear it on the news and I didn't read it in the newspaper, but I heard it on the World Prayer Network. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's our goal. Kati, anything more you want to add? Yes, I, ju I just want to say thank you um, first to, to all the first responders here on Maui. They, they've done an amazing job. And I just, Amen. I'm so proud of the, our people, our island, and, and all that 
they, their efforts that they are doing. And I just pray that God strengthen them and continue to use them and that they do continue to reach our people. And I, and I thank you for, um, for all your prayers. Amen. Thank you for remembering our island. Amen. Our people. Thank you. Mm-hmm. you know, my dad was a survivor of Pearl Harbor. And when that tragedy hit on the island of Oahu, all of America came, came together and came alongside. So I called the United States of America to attention to herself to stand in this warfare, this spiritual warfare taking place. Our precious states, our 50th state, our jubilee state in the jubilee year. Father, we we ask you to intervene divinely that they will not be forgotten, that they will be come to the forefront of our attention, our compassion. Father, we don't, I don't understand that this was the same day in 1945 when our Nagasaki, Japan was bombed with the atom bomb um, on August 9th in 1945, 78 years ago, God, the most Christian part of Japan. So, Lord, you know all things. You have wisdom in, in everything, Father. And we just ask for understanding and wisdom and intervention in what's taking place at this time, that you'd use it as a divine wake-up call that multitudes will realize that our true home is in eternity with you. And they would choose to ask forgiveness for their sins and join with you and connect with you and welcome you into their lives that forever we will be together with you. No matter what takes place on this earth, we thank you father for your salvation. And we thank you that, um, People will not be lost for eternity. And as Frank said, Father, you will bring beauty out of these ashes as only you can do in Yeshua's name. We've gone into Israel several times, many times together, and we've celebrated the feast and we've walked the streets and the steps of our Lord. And this is our bond together. We have a home in in, uh, the States here. We have a uh, a homeland in Israel that we love, and we have an eternal homeland in heaven that we'll all be in together someday in. Thank you. We love you guys. Am, am I correct that Lahaina was the capital city? Yes. 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 Uh, of all the Hawaiian islands? Yes. The Jerusalem. What? Uh, that's why you used the term, the Jerusalem. Yes. What was, what approximately was the year that Lahaina was the was the do you know the years with that what that one might uh, about 1860s right right about the same time as the civil war right the whaling ships were the source of commerce and Lilio Kalani was there when she was forced to abdicate but she never gave up sovereignty now Frank's a walking historian he could tell you a lot about the island is there anything else, Frank, that we should know for prayer about? Because this tragedy happened, but there's an amazing biblical significance in the history of that, of your island. Yeah, the Hawaiian people are naturally spiritual, very 
in tune with Keakua, their, their name for Yeshua, their name for Jesus. So those books that you mentioned that Dr. Steve Chiropractor wrote, I have given away so many of those because they're so good, so accurate. Let the people know again where they can receive them because uh, his building, I believe, was burnt <laughs> to the ground. I believe that whole block has been burnt. So I don't know how he's going to uh, re republish them, but I believe he will. We Very worthwhile. They're, yeah, they're fantastic. I I tried to find them on, on the internet. I could not. He had them, but they, in his um, office there, and mm -hmm. I we haven't been able to get a hold of them yet since the fire. Yeah, we're, we're eager to find out we'd love that to they're doing it. okay. Uh, we were not able, we called the office today, and then we called, uh, then I, I sent an email to them. So the author is Dr. Steve Walton, W-A-L-T-O-N, and it's four books, four remarkable books on the history of Christianity in, in Hawaii, which I strongly encourage you for you to get in case in case you have a way of finding them on Amazon or anyplace else. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Wellversed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.